So hello everybody and welcome to What Do Scientists Do? My name is Jessica and today I'm joined by our very special guest. Could you give us your name and your pronouns please? My name is Kelsey Dirksen, pronouns she, her. And Kelsey, what kind of scientist are you? So I am a space systems engineer. So I do aerospace engineering and computer science and specifically in the space domain. So things like satellites and rovers and different technology like that. That's super cool. Do you have any examples of projects that you have worked on or are currently working on? Definitely. One of the projects I really enjoyed working on was at the NASA Jet Propulsion Lab. So this is in Los Angeles, California, and I was on working on a project to make Mars rovers smarter by using what's called machine learning. So this is essentially a computer algorithm to enable Mars rovers to be able to tell what type of soil they're rolling across. And this is important so that rovers don't get stuck on Mars, for example, or other planetary bodies. And so we were using um, different sensors on wheels to be able to detect what type of soil the rover was moving across. Um, so that was a really fun project that I did a few years ago. That's super cool. How did you find out that you wanted to go into this field? So I've always wanted to be an astronaut ever since I was very young. I mean, I think a lot of people <laughs> really want to be astronauts growing up. And I didn't really know how to become one. I didn't personally know anyone that was an astronaut, but I figured they probably do aerospace engineering. It sounds like something they might do. So that's why I decided to do that in university. And ever since then, I've just been trying to do anything related to space, whether that be rovers or satellites or anything like that. And yeah, it's been really fun and space is really cool, I think. I think a lot of people agree with that. And so that's just kind of how I've decided to kind of cater my career towards that area. And having worked in the space industry now, do you still want to be an astronaut? Oh, definitely. I mean, I think any, everyone that works in the space industry has like a little piece of them that like to be an astronaut for sure. Um, yeah, I'm definitely still interested in being an astronaut. I don't kind of cater my entire life towards reaching that goal because I just enjoy, you know, what I'm doing and learning new things. But if I had the chance to apply, I would definitely apply to be an astronaut. So you mentioned that you're a space systems engineer. What's the difference between that and other types of engineers? Yeah, so for a space systems engineer, I would say the biggest difference is we're, of course, working on space-based applications. So my day-to-day -day job is working on satellite spacecrafts. So these are satellites that are orbiting Earth. And I think a big difference between maybe engineers that work on applications that are on the ground or on Earth is that they're, you know, space is a really harsh environment. So we have to think about things like radiation, um, how to deal with drag in the satellite's atmosphere, how to make sure our satellites aren't you know, crashing into other satellites, things like that. And in terms of what a systems engineer is, really we're just someone that works with all different types of engineers. So I work with people that are specific to you know, electrical engineering and computer engineering and aerospace and all these different kinds of disciplines, which is really cool. I get to work on a lot of different problems um, under this big umbrella term of, of space systems. That's pretty cool. So you get to dabble in a little bit of everything, it sounds like. Super cool. So if you wanted, if someone listening wanted to become 
I guess if they want to work in the space industry in general, and if they specifically want to be an engineer who works in the space industry, what would they have to do to get there? Yeah, so I think the first thing to know is that there's no one path to be uh, an engineer and an engineer in the space industry as well. I think the space industry is very diverse in the different types of people we need a part of it. So you don't even necessarily need to be an engineer. You know, we have scientists, we have business people, we have um, a whole plethora of different different folks that um, are a part of the industry. And you don't need to be an aerospace engineer either to in order to work on spacecraft. Like I mentioned before, you could be an electrical engineer. Maybe you're really interested in mechanical engineering and uh, more like hardware-based things or software engineering, stuff like that. So I think the biggest thing is just finding what you're really interested in. Um, and so for me, that was specifically space. And I was really interested in software development and writing software for um, for satellites and you know writing code. That's what's something that really interested me. Um, and really, I just kind of put myself out there and applied to different uh, jobs and worked on different projects during my undergrad. Um, that I thought were really interesting. Worked on like a CubeSat project, which is like a, a mini satellite and worked on um, a rover project as well. So I would say like my biggest piece of advice is just to be, um, find something you're passionate about, interested in. And, you know, the space industry has space for any type of engineer. So you don't need to specifically be in aerospace to be a part of it. That's good to know. So you can maybe start out as some someone where maybe don't know exactly what you want to do, but you can always make your way into space if that's what you're passionate about. Um, do you have a favorite thing that you've ever done? Uh, I think my favorite thing I've ever done, so this was quite recently in January, the company I worked for, we had a rocket launch um, to launch, uh, I think it was about 40-ish satellites uh, into space. And so I got to go down to the NASA Kennedy Space Center and watch the SpaceX rocket launch. And so I got to like watch it launch and then the part of the rocket also landed um, on like the launch pad afterwards. And so that was really, really cool to be able to, I've never seen a rocket launch before. So to be able to see, you know, the satellites get launched into space that I was going to then operate, uh, that was definitely like a really, really cool experience. And if anyone can ever see a rocket launch, I would definitely recommend you to try to do it because it's very inspiring and, and quite magical, definitely. That's so cool. You say that there were 40 satellites being launched in that launch. Is that 40 separate launches or do they all launch together somehow and then disperse? Yeah, so they all launch together. So uh, something that's been recently happening in the space industry is called rideshare missions. So you could think of it the same way if, if you carpool to like a soccer game or to school where you pick up multiple people and, and drop them off at one location. It's kind of the same thing, but for space. So the company that I worked for, we had we bought a certain amount of slots. We bought 40 slots, for example, to fit our spacecraft um, our different satellites on that rocket. And there was other companies that also bought slots to fit their satellites on that same rocket. And so they all go to space together. I think there was over a hundred satellites on a single rocket. Um, and then they're deployed um, automatically into space, like one by one once they reach space, which is really, really cool. I love the idea of carpooling to space. It's like um, everybody kind of working together to get there because it's, is it still true that it costs something's weight in gold to get up to space. So is I don't know whether or not it's directly gold. Sorry to interrupt. I don't know if it's whether 
it's specifically the weight in gold per se, but it is 100% based on the weight of the spacecraft. So the heavier your spacecraft is, the more money it's going to cost to get into space. So for example, the company I work for, we have very small satellites. They're only about 30 centimeters by 10 centimeters by 10 centimeters. So they're quite small. Um, and so it costs us less money to send a single satellite up as opposed to something that can be you know, the size of a mini fridge. Uh, but I don't know if it's exactly the weight in gold, but it's definitely expensive. Yeah. So trying to, you know, cut costs in places like rideshare missions is a great way to save a bit of money uh, because space is definitely quite expensive. Those little satellites that you launch, because I always picture satellites as like these big um, clunky things. What do those little satellites do? Yeah, so the little satellites that I operate are what's called Earth observation satellites. So they have a telescope and a camera on board, and essentially they're taking pictures of the Earth. So the satellites I operate are what's called a constellation. So this is essentially uh, the name for a group of satellites that work together to achieve a space mission. And so the satellites take pictures of the Earth and the company I work for called Planet. They take pictures of the planet, <laughs> the planet Earth. Um, and we cover the entire Earth's landmass every single day from all the pictures we have from satellites. So we have, you know, 200 plus satellites that are all taking pictures and then sending those pictures down to Earth. And then you can use that data for things like monitoring forest fires or deforestation, uh, different disaster, natural disasters like floods, um, things like that. So it's really cool to use space kind of to help life on Earth is kind of the goal. I love that. Um, I love hearing about the different ways that space technology has been used for other purposes because people always talk about how expensive it is to do anything space related, but it can often end up helping us out here on Earth. So I love that. Do you have one thing that you think everyone should know about, um, I guess, space systems engineering or space in general? Yeah, I guess. Uh, something that I didn't realize when I started kind of my journey into the space industry was uh, how important knowing coding would be. So I do a lot of programming and coding. And even though, um, you know, my background is aerospace engineering, which is more related to, I guess, to mechanical engineering and, and systems level design, things like that. Um, coding is really powerful tool, I think, in any industry and in engineering, having some sort of coding skills is really important. And so um, I would definitely recommend um, at any age too, you can kind of explore different um, different ways to learn coding. I know Scratch is like a really great way to have like an introduction to coding. And I wish I had known that earlier on because I didn't start kind of my coding journey until I was doing my master's, which now I know kids are doing coding when they're like grade three, four. So they're definitely way ahead of me. Um, but yeah, that's definitely something I didn't know ahead of time that uh, I think, and regardless if you're going to the space industry or not, um, if you're just in engineering, I think being able to to write code is definitely really powerful. Yeah. So if somebody listening is really interested in trying out coding for themselves, I'll put a couple links to some scratch tutorials, like along with this episode, because Supernova, the people that um, make this podcast, who I work for and who Kelsey actually used to work for, we have a few tutorials up and stuff if you want to know what Scratch is. It's a type of coding that you can do even if you've never done any kind of coding before, and it's super easy to use, but you can still do a lot with it. So I love Scratch personally. 
Um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? I guess my just like a general piece of advice or I think a lot of people ask me like how I got to specifically where I am in the space industry or how to get a job in the space industry. And I think for me, the biggest thing was just finding things that I enjoy and, um, you know, just applying to a lot of opportunities and putting myself out there and, you know, exploring different hobbies and passions I was involved with, like doing science camp, being a part of Supernova, um, things like that, that I, you know, I think gave me the skills to be able to to be where I am today. And so you don't have to have your whole life figured out either. Uh, if you're you know, in elementary school, high school, even in university, there's lots of time. Um, so I just wanted to kind of pass that on too. is uh, I think it's just important to enjoy what you're doing. And if that's in the space industry, that's amazing. Um, and then hopefully it's in, you know, some sort of STEM field. I think STEM is really cool. Of course, science is really cool. So um, yeah, I just encourage you to kind of explore your passions and dreams and there's a, a space for you within the fields of STEM for sure. You could say there's a space for you within space. Exactly. Um, but um, aside from that pun, yes, you mentioned that there are like business people in the space industry. There's, I'm sure there's communications people, like there's people who do all sorts of stuff. So if you're in, super interested in space, um, whatever it is you like and are good at, you should just keep doing that and you can usually find a way to get into the space industry. I say this as someone who's a massive space nerd <laughs> um, and I was very excited to record this actually, but I'm very much in life sciences. So if I eventually end up doing space stuff, it would probably be more um, on like the scientist side of things and people who do things like study microbes and stuff like that yeah there's uh, tons of research in canada specifically actually for like health sciences and life sciences in space so how space affects astronauts that's actually a really big part of the canadian space uh sector so yeah there's definitely it, you'd be surprised how many different jobs or niches there are in the space industry there really is something for everyone so definitely i would encourage you uh, to check it out if you're interested yeah, I saw that the Canadian Space Agency has a space medicine program, and that was very exciting. Anyways, thank you so much for joining me today, Kelsey. This was super cool, and good luck with all your satellites. Something that might be interesting is that we had to reschedule this call because Kelsey had to go deal with a satellite issue, which I have no problem with because that's a very cool reason. I never have a problem with people rescheduling, but I think that's a very cool reason to have to reschedule. <laughs> no, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, the nature of satellite operations uh, is sometimes you just have to, you know, make sure you're debugging when and available when you can. So I, I appreciate it. And thanks so much for having me. I had a, had a great time. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. Do you have anything that you would like to plug or promote? Yeah, I mean, you could definitely, uh, I'm pretty active on Twitter, I would say, is like my main, I guess, social media or, or place people can find me as well. So um, my Twitter handle is spacecadet underscore Kels, K-E-L-S. So feel free to include that in the in the show notes as well. But yeah, definitely you could reach out to me there. Um, I have links to my like personal website and stuff like that on there too if, if you're curious but twitter you can definitely find me on there tweeting about space things or things like that thank you so much for joining me kelsey and as always a big big thank you to everybody listening for more science fun 
You can find us at bit.ly forward slash what do scientists do or check out at scientistsdoopod on Twitter or Instagram. I will also make sure to put the link to some scratch tutorials in the description of this episode so that you can try out coding for yourself if that's something that you're new to. It's a really cool website, it's completely free, and you can make video games and do all sorts of stuff with it. Don't forget to follow Kelsey on Twitter as well, at spacecadet underscore Kels. I'll put that in the description of this episode as well. She talks about space and the space industry and all sorts of cool stuff if you're interested. That's all I have for you today, but thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next episode. Bye for now! This show is made by Supernova at Dalhousie University, a network member of Actua. For more information on our summer camps, workshops, and more, visit supernova.dal.ca.